0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Dak Prescott's injury takes center stage on this episode of Fantasy Football in Fifteen. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Monday, October 12th. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. We are just about ready to put a bow on week five. Of course, we've got uh, one or two games ahead of us. Uh, Titans and Bills still scheduled for Tuesday. So we're hoping that game can wrap up the week after the Monday night game between the Saints and the Chargers. Derek, how you doing today? Doing really well. You know, it wasn't the best slate of Week 5 games,
2: but it was a profitable slate of Week
1: 5 games for me, so I'll take it. That is always good. We'll always be happy about that. I felt like that too, uh, in terms of just the slate of games. Coming into the day, it didn't feel like there were any super exciting matchups, and the day mostly played to that script, that's going to be true in every season, right? This is the NFL, a sport we love, a sport we love to watch. We have a lot of things to uh, add to our enjoyment while watching it, but not every single Sunday can be a 10 out of 10, and it feels like that's what we got in Week 5. The biggest news, of course, in Week 5, unfortunately, is some really bad news. Dak Prescott suffered a significant ankle injury in a game. The Cowboys ultimately won 37-34 to 34 against the Giants, but a Pyrrhic victory, no doubt, for the Cowboys. They are going to be without their superstar quarterback for the rest of the season. It was a gruesome injury. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend you don't go out of your way to see it and just understand that this was a very serious ankle injury. Dak actually already underwent surgery on Sunday night and it's going to be Andy Dalton for the rest of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, let's let's make the uncomfortable turn that we always have to make in our line of work, Derek, and talk about the effect that Dak Prescott being gone has on the fantasy world and on the Cowboys. Let's start in the fantasy world, and with potential replacements for people who are now going to be playing the rest of the season without Dak Prescott. I pulled a list of quarterbacks that are rostered in 55% or fewer of leagues on both Yahoo and CBS. Of course, your individual league could be different. If you're playing on Yahoo or, or CBS, maybe the ownership rates are a little bit different for you. Maybe you have a few more options on Yahoo where ownership rates tend to be a little bit lower than they are on CBS. But we're just looking to get... A broad discussion here. So guys who are rostered in fewer than 55% of both Yahoo and CBS leagues include Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, who had himself a monster game uh, on Sunday in the Raiders' upset victory over the Chiefs, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then, of course, Dak Prescott's real-life replacement, Andy Dalton. If you are out there, Dak Prescott is your only quarterback, Derek. Out of these guys, who do you most want to go after on waivers this week? Well, I
2: think of those players, Derek Carr is the guy I trust the most, but the Raiders have a bye. <laughs>
1: and they're of course.
2: Off, they're off in week six, so that's not going to be the immediate solution, so you may have to make two moves if you decide Carr is the best option on the board. I would say it's a streaming situation. I mean, Andy Dalton, I think he's competent, and I think when you consider that the offense around him in Dallas is a top three, top five group of personnel in terms of running backs, receivers, and tight ends. I think he could be just as good as any of those other names that you mentioned. And I think the other thing that works in his favor, Dallas's defense is horrendous. Another script gone sideways in the first half against the Giants team that isn't very good. One was a a tipped interception that turned into a pick six for that Giants defense. It just seems like every single week, the Dallas offense is playing catch-up. There's plenty of volume there. There are quality weapons. So I would actually say after Carr, who's not playing in Week 6, Andy Dalton is actually
1: the quarterback
2: I like the most of the group that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, I think that I like him the most, even including Carr. And I think there's a good argument for Carr that you're making, and Carr's looked pretty good this season, bordering on great, and he definitely looked great in the win over the Chiefs. I think Carr is someone who can be in this discussion. I think Kirk Cousins can be in this discussion as well, and I wouldn't argue with anyone who would want to go with one of those two guys. But I look at Andy Dalton stepping into what could be a very good situation in Dallas with all those pass catchers, and you don't really have to go all that far back, Derek, into Andy Dalton's recent past to find some really productive fantasy seasons. Uh, He had a 33-touchdown season. Back in 2013 and 2015, he had the Bengals looking like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. 25 touchdowns and nearly 3,300 yards before breaking his thumb at the end of that season. So he did all that damage in 13 games. You give him good weapons, and he certainly has that in Dallas. And he can be a very effective quarterback. So I would feel pretty good really stepping any of those three guys in to my starting lineup. I do agree with you, though, that... Streaming might be the way to go. And I think you know sometimes us who are actually in the industry uh, overrate the ability of people to stream. A lot of people do end up uh, rostering second quarterbacks, and that is just a reality that most people are facing. So it might not work for everyone out there. I do think it's something I would consider if I just lost Dak Prescott. But those three guys are the ones who I'd be looking at most uh, most closely if I do want to just ride with a quarterback for the rest of the season. Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr. And even beyond that, I would say that I would feel okay about going and trying to claim two quarterbacks. Claiming you know Carr and Dalton this week. Claiming Carr and Cousins this week. And then having at least two options on my team all season long. So you're not totally counting on the stream week in and week out. You can just have two guys and play the matchups there. So that's that. Let's look at the effect on the Dallas skill players. Obviously, uh, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, those are guys who are in your starting lineup every single week. I don't think that's going to change. Michael Gallup was someone who people drafted thinking he could be a wide receiver two, certainly a wide receiver three. That hasn't been there for uh, him just yet this season. But he did have two big catches, including one way deep down the field that set up Greg Zerline's game-winning field goal once Andy Dalton was in there. Do we think there's any material effect on the skill players in Dallas now that Dak Prescott's done for the year?
2: I, I keep looking at the YPA difference and, you know, Dak this year and last year was up over eight yards per attempt. The last three seasons that we saw Andy Dalton in Cincinnati, he was at seven yards per attempt or less. You adjust for the personnel and there's still probably about a, a half yard per attempt difference in skill, I think, when you kind of grade it out that way. So it's a kind of a... The opposite of a rising tide lifts all boats. I guess a falling tide is bad for all boats. It wouldn't sink <laughs> takes them. them down? It takes them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it lowers <laughs> them. Uh, but I, I think it's one of these things where I, this is so different for Andy Dalton that I, I don't even think it's fair to make that assumption that he can't be almost as efficient through the air as Dak. I mean, one key difference is that Andy Dalton doesn't run the way that Dak can run. So you lose that. That's probably actually a good thing for someone like Ezekiel Elliott, right? He's a little bit less likely to get vultured around the goal line than he was with Dak healthy. Uh, so the offense as a whole, I mean, maybe downgrade ten percent of the production. It's still a top ten offense for me. I mean, that's that's how good Dallas is, and that's how desperate they become week over week with the defense being in the state that it's in.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone.
1: All right, Derek, a few more injuries from Week 5 Sunday to run through here. DJ Chark left the Jaguars' loss to the Texans late with an ankle injury. A.J. Green, mostly a ghost all season, same held in the Bengals' loss to the Ravens, and then he ultimately left that game with a hamstring injury. Kyle Allen left Washington's loss with an arm injury, although Ron Rivera did say that if he is healthy and good to go next week, he will start Once again for the Washington footballs and then I threw Cam Newton on here only because he is still returning positive tests for COVID-19. So even if the Patriots are able to return to action in week six, it might not be with Cam Newton as their quarterback. We have some uh, news coming from uh, our own uh, Jeff Schultz uh, down in Atlanta. He broke the news on Sunday that Dan Quinn likely to be fired is no longer a question of if, it is just a question of when. And in fact, by time everyone out there is listening to this, the when could have already happened. So, Dan Quinn out in Atlanta, is there any meaningful fantasy effect here? My lean is no. Wondering what you think.
2: Same boat for me. I mean, I think we always wonder if a team's going to get kind of the emotional lift of a coaching change where they come out a little more fired up than usual, but this is still... An Atlanta team with a lot of flaws. They're still going to be in a situation where volume is going to be there for the offense most weeks. So I don't really see any major upgrades. I don't see the defense getting rapidly better. So I think that's the main takeaway for me. It's probably more of the same from Atlanta just under new leadership. And uh, Matt, what a, what a turn, man! Like just an mm-hmm. amazing, amazing decline for the Dan Quinn Falcons
1: after having that uh, big lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years ago. It really is, and this was a change that might have happened last year if Atlanta didn't have that strong finish to the season that probably saved Dan Quinn's job at 0-5 start this year. Could not do the same. Let's look at Arizona where Chase Edmonds might be shaking things up in that backfield. He made the most of limited duty uh, on Sunday, got just three carries, but turned that into 36 yards and a touchdown. Six targets, caught five of them for 56 yards. At the same time, it's not like Kenyon Drake gave you nothing. 18 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown in Arizona's win over the Jets. We've been assuming that Chase Edmonds was going to take on a larger share of the work in Arizona's backfield. That didn't fully happen in this game, Derek, but it does feel like it's still trending in the direction to where maybe you are looking at Kenyon Drake as an RB2 and Chase Edmonds as someone who's in our flex discussion week in and week out.
2: Yeah, and I think if you're trying to use your bench for what could go right purposes, which is a good way to use at least one bench spot, Chase Edmonds is a what-could-go-right sort of player. This is an Arizona offense that we generally really like. On a per-touch basis, he looks better than Kenyon Drake. We've seen this movie before with Drake. He lost the job and got traded in Miami last year. And I'm here for Chase Edmonds breaking out. I can see him being a difference maker come playoff time. Uh, I would try to trade for him now. Even if you got to wait a few more weeks before you can actually start him, I like the direction he's going in this backfield. That was an early touchdown that he had, too. Uh, in that Cardinals-Jets matchup on Sunday. So two thumbs up for Chase Edmonds. Definitely a guy I'm going after right now.
1: All right, one more item here to get to on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Let's do a quick look at a couple of receivers who are probably going to be popular on waivers this week. Derek, they're two guys who played in the same game Eagles and Steelers, let's start with the Steeler, Chase Claypool, got 11 targets, caught 7 of them for 110 yards, and 3 touchdowns, had what could have been a 4th touchdown reception taken off the board because of offensive pass interference, but don't worry, he got in the end zone a 4th time on the ground, 4 touchdowns. In this game for Chase Claypool on the other side, we've been waiting for some Eagles receiver to step up and fill the void and give Carson Wentz, you know, a non-tight end or running back who he could rely on. And maybe he found it in Travis Fulgham. Thirteen targets, caught ten of them for 152 yards and a touchdown. I think out of widely available receivers, these two are going to be the two most popular. I personally, I'm going to prioritize Fulgham because I just trust that there is going to be work for him more than I do Claypool, but I think both guys are definitely worth going after with some aggressiveness on the wire this week.
2: I think I like Claypool a little bit more. I, I like the pedigree. I mean, he's big and fast. I'm mm-hmm. I, I, wondering why the Packers drafted Jordan Love and didn't go after <laughs> Chase Claypool among other players. Sorry to, to be a fan there for a few seconds, but That's all right. uh, I, I just look at Claypool and I look at the schedule too for the Steelers. They've got The Browns, the Titans, the Ravens, and the Cowboys coming up. I mean, three out of those four matchups are better than average against wide receivers. And two of those four, Cleveland and Dallas, have been horrible against opposing wide receivers. Uh, Deontay Johnson left early with a back injury, so he could miss a little time. And even if Johnson doesn't miss time, if you're the Steelers, how do you not continue to increase the role of Claypool after what you saw on Sunday? He was even getting some attention from Darius Slay by the end of this game, and he was still producing Uh, I think this is a guy that's having a full-on breakout right now and it might be justified to smash the piggy bank if
1: you're looking for some help at receiver for Claypool Definitely expecting a busier waiver wire week in week five than we had in week, or I guess in week six than we had in week five. And these two receivers are a big reason for that. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can still get yourself a subscription for $1 a month. Go to athletic.com slash in 15 to do just that. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening, and enjoy the Monday Night Game tonight.